Hello, it is Tuesday, September 1st. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is the latest edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. Today's topics, man, Leon Edwards is getting a shaft again. Uh, are we reaching a point where veteran fighters are fighting for paychecks and only paychecks because they can't afford to retire? I think we are. Dominic Reyes thought better at testing the MMA gods. And Daniel Cormier said the UFC takes care of its people, but Jessica I maybe has a different opinion on that. Leon Edwards has not fought since he earned a unanimous decision over Rafael Dos Anjos in July 2019. And that puts him on an eight-fight winning streak, and he's kind of been holding out for a matchup against Jorge Masvidal. He almost had a shot at uh, Usman, but... The timing did not work out, and Masvidal took that fight. They did ask Edwards to fight, but it was super short notice and COVID-19 training, and I think there was something to do with visas involved as well. So he could not accept that fight, not would not accept that fight. Big difference there. And Edwards now, it looks like he is going to be overlooked again because reports are that the UFC is looking to do a BMF fictional title rematch between Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz. And Diaz hasn't fought since, I think, he lost for, to Masvidal in November 2019. I mean, technically, this fight should be Leon Edwards' this fight, but we know how the UFC works, and it works in the way that whoever can make the most money gets the fight. And while this rematch makes no sense, based on the rankings, which have Diaz at number 12, Masvidal at number 4, and Edwards at number 3, the fight is going to make more money between Diaz and Masvidal because Edwards is not a quote-unquote superstar, and we know that, and this is nothing new, the money is where the UFC is interested in. So Leon Edwards is in a, in a shitty spot. He deserves a high profile fight he probably deserves a matchup with Masvidal or someone uh, ranked above him which is only you know Covington Burns and Usman and they're all tied up Usman's fighting Burns Covington's fighting number five ranked Woodley so three and four is Edwards and Masvidal so that fight makes sense but it doesn't make money and so therefore the UFC shafts Leon Edwards so Leon Edwards is kind of in the same spot that uh, Corey Anderson was in. He's a, a name fighter to hardcore fans, but he's not someone the UFC is going to promote or going to give a high-profile fight to, at least by all appearances. So maybe Edwards goes the route of of uh, Corey Anderson and asks for his release and signs with Bellator. See if the UFC that will do that for him as it did it for uh, Corey Anderson, and it, maybe it will, because if I'm Leon Edwards, I'm salty as hell, because the the Diaz fight makes no sense. It just doesn't. Masvidal won that fight. It was a fight to make up a title, and that was supposed to be the end of it. But the UFC is hurting for cash, and so now it's the time for a rematch, which is not how things are supposed to work. And so what do you what do you do with Leon Edwards now? Do you match him up with with Stephen Thompson? I don't think so. 
Thompson's record uh, in his last five is two and three. So that fight doesn't do anything for Edwards. The only fight that does anything for Edwards is is the Masvidal fight because as of you know yesterday, Masvidal was the only fighter that was um, in the top f- four that was not tied up. But now you're going to have him fight someone who's barely in the rankings at all because it makes um, monetary sense. And that's the UFC's right. But then don't, then don't lock Edwards up if you, if you don't need to him or if you're not going to use him. If you're going to brag that he'll be better off, if, Corey, if you're going to brag that Corey Anderson's going to be better off in Bellator, maybe the same holds true for Leon Edwards if he wants to, to do that. Because the way things are, I mean, he's either going to fight the winner of, I mean, if you, if you booked a logical fight, he's either going to fight the winner of Masvidal Diaz, Usman Burns, or Covington Woodley. And those fights aren't happening for a while. Other, well, Covington Woodley is, but the other two aren't happening for quite a while. I think December and, and possibly January. So Edwards, if Edwards wants a fight in 2020, he's going to be obligated more or less to accept the fight with the winner of the Covington-Woodley fight. And even then, it's September. We don't know what's going to happen in that fight that could preclude one of those, the winner of that fight taking another fight in 2020. So Edwards is in a bad, bad spot. Bad spot. And I, I feel bad for him because he's got an eight-fight winning streak and the UFC is just kind of screwing him around. So Leon Edwards' situation bears watching. The UFC fighters are in a, in a weird spot right now, and I think we're going to see things get a little weirder. So we seem to be in a spot where the veteran guys are getting matched up against the up-and-coming guys, and the veterans are going, they're losing some of these fights. And then the question becomes, okay, what happens to them? Do they just keep fighting on, or do they move on to the next phase of their career? And then the question is, well, what's the next phase of their career? And then that's where things get a little tricky. So you have fighters like Robbie Lawler, Tyron Woodley, Anthony Smith, Diego Sanchez, and and the the older generation of fighters who now are struggling to get wins against the up and comers. But when your resume says cage fighter for the past 10, 12, 15 years, and you might not have the business acumen or the desire to run a gym or teach other fighters or become a coach. Well, then what do you do? Because not many of these fighters have earned the uh, type of money that's going to allow them to just retire like, uh, like other professional athletes tend to do and and not worry about the rest of their their career or earning money or getting another job but but the UFC does not do that this UFC does not allow fighters to retire not many with enough money in their banks to to have a a, a comfortable life for them and their families after after the their fighting days are over and that's why you see fighters competing for so long in in mixed martial arts it's not because they want to well, it might be because they want to, but it's probably more because they have to. And when you're a fighter, like I said, 
if if you don't want to be a coach, you don't want to run a gym, you don't want to do anything fight related or or you're not a business person that that feels that they can make a wise investment in that sort of thing, well, then you're kind of kind of screwed. And so your option then is do I fight take another fight for 100 to $300,000 or do I just retire and hope I can get a job somewhere? Well, the obvious answer is I'm going to fight. And so now you're going to get more damage to your to your to your body and brain and that's not good. That's just not good for your future at all. And this is the point we're reaching in MMA where hard questions are going to get start to get answered or asked um, because we know that money is there to help pay for to pay higher wages. Maybe in the first generation of fighters, that money might not have been there. Um, maybe pre-Zufa, that money probably wasn't there. The early days of Zufa, maybe the money wasn't there. But these days, the money is there. The Fertitas are out of it. They've cashed out. And so now, the, the questions are going to fall on the new ownership group. And rightfully so. If you're paid over $4 billion for the UFC... Well, the the UFC fighters know what you paid, and they know that the pay scale did not change so much when that when the Fertitas sold it. So they know that the new ownership group has money. They know that they know that the new ownership group is making over eighty percent of the revenue. So the money is there. So the UFC should increase these this pay, um, but they're not going to. Um, so then they're now they're going to have to think about. What do they do with these older fighters? Do they give these fighters more fights at the higher rate, at the higher, at their high wages that they're making? Because then, what you're not going to give a fighter that's making three hundred thousand dollars and on a five fight losing streak uh, a gimme fight because one that'll bump their fight pay, their pay up to the next level probably, and two, it really doesn't accomplish anything because if you're on a five fight losing streak you're not going to get a title fight anywhere in the near future. And so they're going to feed these veteran fighters who are on losing skids but but making uh, a great deal of, of money, quote-unquote, to uh, younger up-and-comers with the hope that the younger up-and-comers are going to beat them because, one, it looks good on their record and helps move up the young young fighter up the rankings, and two, and this is probably the more important one, the young fighter is cheaper as long as he's not in a title fight. Well, even if he is in a title fight or she to, to, to keep on board. And then, all right, you release the fighter at some point that's making 300 grand. And what are their options? They can go to Bellator, but Bellator is not going to have an endless supply of money. The same with one. And, and then once you get below those two, those two uh, promotions which probably can pay a, a, a good wage well then then you're fighting for you're pr- probably fighting for well you're definitely fighting for under 100 probably 100 grand and now you're gonna have to fight more often and this just leads to a bad end so there's there's a lot of things that are going to be happening here in the next few years um, as we see fighters who who have to fight to maintain a lifestyle and to hope that they uh, can at one po- at one point in their lives retire comfortably, and 
that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And these guys are going to get fed to younger guys, and there's going to be some bad endings, I fear. And hopefully that can be avoided. I don't think it can be, and if it is, it's probably going to be more luck than anything. When John Jones relinquished the UFC light heavyweight title, his most recent opponent, Dominic Reyes, said that he thought he was the reason that Jones was giving up the title. And I said at that time that I think maybe Reyes was trying to convince himself that, or maybe to stoke his ego, or maybe he actually did did believe that, that Jones was doing that. But we all know that Jones has never run from a fight, and in the aftermath of that, Jones did take the time to remind Reyes that the folks that he did rematch, um, Daniel Cormier and Alexander Gustafson, both got finished in those rematches. And perhaps Reyes noticing that he was coming off maybe a little cocky, um, walked those statements back a little bit uh, recently when he tweeted out, hey, at Johnny Bones, thank you for the experience, man. I wish you the best of luck in your journey. I know things got a little crazy, but I just wanted to be pushed beyond my perceived limits by the light heavyweight goat again. God bless and God willing, we get to dance under those lights again. So I think Reyes kind of thought better of his what he had said, and and that's cool, I guess, um, because I don't think that anyone really believed that John Jones was running from Reyes. But maybe Reyes thought, you know, hey, I'm pushing my luck here. If I do lose to to Jan Blachowicz for the when they fight for the vacant title, those words are going to come back and bite me in the ass. So maybe, maybe I don't. Uh, maybe I walk them back a little bit. Maybe I don't test the fates because everyone knows the MMA gods are uh, they're fickle and they will embarrass you if they can. And so I. I congratulate Dominic Reyes for for being a wiser man and um, easing back on those comments. Jessica I is in a bad spot, according to her social media. Um, she posted uh, today that, um, and I'll just read some sections of this. On August 12th, I had my gallbladder, gallbladder removed because of lack of function and ability to save the destroyed organ due to doctor's orders. I have yet to fully recover and figure out this new body I am living in. Not to mention, I got staph in my belly button due to laparoscopic surgery and finally finishing antibiotics for that. It's now September 1 and I am in need of help. I'm not sure where to turn right now. With what to do next, I feel the doctors took out my organ and just said, figure it out. I am struggling deeply to eat, feel good, and get back to any type of physical activity. I don't know what to do anymore, and I feel I am inadequate to get myself through this and be able to return to normal life and the octagon. If anyone can point me in the direction to get help, I am begging. Just don't know what to do now, and I don't want to just give up. And yeah, it's if you get a chance, read the posts from I. It is much longer, much more detailed, and... It's alarming, to say the least, upsetting. And this is what I was saying yesterday when Daniel Cormier was talking about how the UFC helped people out, how he saw how the UFC helped people out. And, well, like I said then, the UFC helps out a few people. It doesn't help 
everyone out. And Jessica I is not someone who is new to the UFC. She's been with the promotion since 2013. She fought for the t- flyweight title. And she's a, a known known commodity. Now, I don't know if I reached out to the UFC because you know the UFC won't answer any questions I ask them. But if she did and she can't get help from them, well, that's terrible. And if the UFC doesn't help her, that's also terrible. We know the UFC's insurance is is pretty much non-existent. You only get fight, uh, you only get coverage when you're in fight camp, training for an event, and it, there's a pretty decent deductible on that. So she's not going to get any kind of health insurance help, probably. But they could at least help her with their doctors, point her in the right direction, uh, get her in contact with the. Uh, performance institute to help her get on a correct diet for someone who is now without a gallbladder but also a high level athlete so she's not struggling to to still stay in the game and and that's what any professional sporting organization would do for a competitor but the UFC doesn't employ these fighters and they are independent contractors and as such they are entitled to very limited benefits and the UFC really doesn't have any obligation legally to help them out. Morally, yeah, I would say they have a high obligation morally to help these folks out. And I would hope the next thing we see from Jessica I is thanking the UFC for helping her out and getting her on the right track and helping her eat correctly and train correctly so she can come back from the surgery she got anything short of that is a is a a loss for the UFC it's it does not look good and it goes to show it would go to show again the UFC cares about its athletes only when they're competing only when they're making money for the UFC and and that's the perception at least that's my perception because that's Kind of the uh, kind of what we see, and so Dana White again wants to say health and safety first for these folks. Health and safety first. We go above and beyond, and I say again, show me that you go above and beyond instead of keeping telling keep telling me what you go above and beyond, because if you went above and beyond, Jessica, I wouldn't have to worry about this, and she would be getting the help she needs, and that's not happening right now. Well, gonna call it a night on that, and until tomorrow, everyone stay safe. <laughs>